Welcome to the newest edition of the Screenfellows Podcast. My name is Carlos. In this episode, Bob will be recapping the premiere of The Bachelor, and we will be having some retro reviews. Enjoy the show. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Alright, well if you could not tell from our intro, Ozzy is not with us at the moment, but he will be joining us later in the show. Um, but to start things off, we decided we wanted to do, um, well Bob's been wanting to do this for a while now, um, <laughs> the recaps for The Bachelor. And Bob, you want to tell the people, Bob is our head of marketing of course, and he's been on this podcast multiple times, do you want to tell the people why you wanted to do this recap so badly? Okay, first of all, I think we're not really reaching out to a certain demographic of people, and I took it upon myself to go ahead and reach out to them with these Bachelor recaps. That being said, um, this show is filled with every single emotion you could look for. Laugh, um, drama, romance, a little bit of crazy, and I think we really need to bring that, because the show's an electric factory, and we want that here on screen, fellas. So I really felt like we should bring that product into our product, create some synergy, just really get it going with these recaps. Which, in a couple weeks, we will premiere the first one on our YouTube channel, hosted by me and Miles. So get ready for that. Yes, yes. This is kind of like um, a little tease or a little taste of what you're going to get on the YouTube channel for the most part. Um, so normally these most likely won't be on the podcast, but they will be on the YouTube channel. Um, all right. Well, first of all, let me just start things out by saying I have never watched a single episode of The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. So can you please, for my benefit and for the benefit of people who may not know anything about this show, just give us like a brief overview of what this show is? Yeah. Okay. So... On The Bachelor and or The Bachelorette, you have a guy or a girl. On The Bachelor, it's a guy. On The Bachelorette, it's a girl. And they get to choose from 30 people who had nothing better to do with their lives than come on this show and look for love. And so through a series of dates and get-togethers and mess-arounds, The Bachelor and or Bachelorette gets to know these 30 people and decide do i want to marry one of them or not and so each week certain ones get sent home like if you have no personality get out of here that's how it goes you give you don't say hey you can say you, you don't say it you give them a rose which maybe the bachelor's trying to bring back chivalry i don't know i like the touch though so really it's it's like the playoffs in football but you can't really control your destiny at all in any way okay okay so, so it's like, let's put it this way. Say I'm the bachelor. Mm-hmm. And then um, we got a room of like you and Ozzy, Enrique, Miles, Eli, Jesse, and Zach. Okay. All members of the screen Fellows team. Yeah. Our, our team. And so, so we get to the rose ceremony, right? After, you know, a whole day of like, I got, I talked to you, like, mm-hmm. like you come up to me, you're like, Hey Bob, um, can I steal you for a second? 
And so we go off and we talk. We get to know each other a little bit. And then Ozzy can come in and be like, hey, do you mind if I steal you? Cut our time short. Mm-hmm. So so then he gets to come in and make a better impression than you did. And so the rest of the guys can do that too. And at the end of the night, we go to the rose ceremony. Okay. And the host comes up and says, okay, Bob, who gets this rose? And so I have enough roses for all but one person. All right? Okay. And so I'll give you one. Give one to Ozzy. What we're getting is everyone but Zach will get a rose. Because okay. he doesn't have one. He's going home. All right. And so that's essentially the show. And you do that every week until you get to two people. Mm-hmm. And I'll have to propose to one. Well, plot twist, I don't actually have to propose. I can pick one, be like, let's see where it goes. Mm-hmm. I can pick neither of you. Really? But yeah, I think that's a dumb twist on the show because I'm looking for a winner. Yeah. That's a cop out if you don't pick someone. All right, fair enough. Um, all right, so we'll talk a little bit about this first episode and kind of what went down and where you think it's going to go with some of these contestants. Okay, yeah. So you got Nick. He's the Bachelor. Mm-hmm. He's coming in hot. He was on The Bachelor at twice, got shut down in the final two. You know, they picked someone else. So obviously, he's like second tier person. <laughs> okay. Um, and apparently people didn't like him. I didn't watch the seasons he was on. People didn't like him. Then he was on Bachelor in Paradise, which, full disclosure, I don't completely understand what that show is. I don't watch it. But apparently he was a nice guy on that one. People liked him there. And so now he's on The Bachelor, and there's like these 30 girls trying to meet him. I don't like him. He's kind of a tool. I don't think we'd be friends, but that's not what the show's about. All right. So um, so you got these 30 girls. I'll just run through a few of them. Uh Christina, she was she was adopted, and she's still got a very thick Russian accent. I think she's a sleeper cell. <laughs> All right. I have no doubt about that. She is. She definitely hacked the election. Um, then we've got we've got Taylor, who you look at. She's she's a nice person, great personality, good career, one that makes money. So this guy who's clearly been on TV so much, she can provide. But she made it about race way too quick. She was talking about how her mom's white, her dad's black, and people hate her because she was half. I don't buy it, but she made it about race way too soon. She has no shot at winning it now. Um, All right. There was – then there was Liz, okay? She met Nick at a wedding like nine months before they started filming this show. Right? You think, oh, that's coincidence. No. They ended up hooking up. They went upstairs, did the dirty – and then he asked for her number. She's like, no. Whoa. All right. And now she's on the show. She's walking around. She's saying, I don't think he remembers, which I kind of like. Which to me, that does not make sense. I would want someone to remember. Yeah. If it's just, She's dumb. It's pretty and flawed then, logic. Yeah. And she's like, I like that we have this little secret. But she's telling everyone. <laughs> She's like, I like having this secret. But then also Liz is saying, hey, we bumped uglies. It's not a great situation for her to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, then you got Josephine. She's one of those people that like, you you think they live in a Walmart. She is so crazy. Um, she shouldn't have gotten a rose, but you know the producers are like, Nick, we love you, but she's great content. <laughs> 
people are going to watch to see what crazy thing Josephine does next. Mm-hmm. Like, um, when she met, what, what were you going to say? Um, okay, so that's one of my questions is, like, how much of this do you think is kind of just the producer saying, like, really pushing things or kind of them playing it up? Or are some of these women and really the men on The Bachelor, I guess, as well, are they that crazy? I think, um, a lot of it is the producers get to pick. I think you get to, like, the final five Mm -hmm. until the producers, like, back out. Okay. I think that's how scripted this show really is. Yeah. But like this girl, she's so crazy. Yeah. She shows up. She gets out of the limo. That's how you meet them. All the girls like pull up in two different limos and they get out one by one, which kind of confuses me. I don't get it because they're just watching the two meet. Yeah. It's got to be awkward for everyone. So she gets out with a book and you're like, oh, she's going to play up like she's smart and knows how to read, which could set her apart in this group of women. And so you're like, oh, that's smart. And she she's talking about how he was the runner up on two different seasons. And he goes, yeah. but you're a wiener in my book. Opens up a book where she cut the pages out to put a hot dog in there. Oh, my gosh. And she tries to lady in the trampet with him. Oh. Which uh, I will give her points for creativity. That was, <laughs> that sounds disgusting. <laughs> it, it was. Um, somehow she got a rose. Um, we'll move on to Danielle L. She's a business owner, mm-hmm. which raises the question, who's running her business right now? She's on the show. Um, she's a clear front runner mm-hmm. just by how much they put her on TV. Um, it's solely based on looks, but that'll get you pretty far in this game. That, okay. That's one of my other questions. Um, in your findings and your watching of this show, <laughs> um, is it how often is it just solely based on, or mostly based on at least looks rather than kind of personality and chemistry? Mm. This might come across as rude, but I think you can find it as a fact. You're not, you don't want to be with an ugly person. Yeah. So clearly looks are going to be a factor. Okay. Yeah, but how much? Like, what's the kind of percentage, I guess? From the producer's standpoint or from Nick's standpoint? I don't don't know. Like, just overall in the show, in the history of the show, how often is it more because it's the hottest person? You know what I'm Uh, saying? I would say the more attractive you are, the better chance you have. Okay. Yeah. It's, it goes like that. Fair enough. Um, I guess you start off in a better position when you're more attractive. Yeah. Yeah. It's like if you go to Daytona, whoever has the fastest car is going to get a better position on the pole. Yeah. Saying that now, probably not a good phrase to use, but we'll pass <laughs> it. Um, we'll move on to who everyone's calling the villain or the crazy person, uh, Corinne. Mm-hmm. She's absolutely annoying, entitled extremely confident which will get you far in this game but she gave him a hug token when they met mm-hmm. which is exactly like you said like it sounds is he gives her a token to get a hug okay what? yeah i don't know it was creative but also really stupid um also she claims she runs a multi-million dollar company and this is, she's like i'm a i'm a business owner but her dad owns it so she's what we call in the business a liar. Um, oh my gosh. 
but she's one who takes what she wants as mm-hmm. evidenced by the fact that she said she will do the sexings to Nick. And a phrase that has gone viral that she said is, I have a heart of gold, but my vagine is platinum. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. What? I don't know what it means. I don't understand it. It sounds uncomfortable. It sounds but disturbing. Not it really does. Um, I'm going to move on to what a lot of people will call the mystery of the century. Okay. If you follow me on Twitter, I put it up there. For some reason, Nick gave Jamie a rose over Angela. I don't get it at all. So Angela and, is the one who didn't get the rose. Yeah, in this he first sent episode. her home, and he's an idiot. <laughs> She's a model with a great personality. She was so confident she didn't even have a conversation with him in the driveway when they met. Jamie has the hair of Corbin Blue from High School Musical. She made a joke about having balls. Okay. She's got one of those nose rings that kind of hangs down there. She was like, you have balls and so do I. And he's like, excuse me? Which, in his defense, that's a proper response. Yeah. It's just... It didn't bring her back from having that Corbin blue hair. Yeah. And the fact that he picked her over Angela is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. All right. Um, geez. We'll move on. Yeah. Um, there's someone named Raven. Okay. I know what you're thinking. That's so Raven. I was surprised to find out she was white. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. I don't, you just did, so I, it doesn't matter. I think being, this, is, this is an open space for honesty. Okay. And I was very surprised by that. She's a bit of a wild card. So I think I think we're going to put her middle of the pack. She'll make it pretty far, but it, mm-hmm. she doesn't have a chance at winning it. Okay. Uh, we're going to come in with probably the weirdest person on the show. Alexis from Secaucus, New Jersey. <laughs> A waste of a state. Um, she talks about how she wants to be a dolphin trainer. All right. She loves dolphins. If he doesn't love dolphins, it's a deal breaker. She'll leave. So her bold move to make it clear how much she loves dolphins, she shows up in a costume. Oh my god! Right. But remember, Left Shark from yeah. Katy Perry Super. It was exactly that costume. She was a shark. <laughs> but she was she was so confident that it was a dolphin. Like I respect it. How oh confident. my gosh. It was so dumb. And so she's like all in. She's doing dolphin calls. And she's like, it was awkward for everyone. But somehow he gave her a rose. Oh my gosh. Okay. So have we hit like basically the highlight contestants? Yes. Um, But I I haven't told you about the one who will definitely win it. Okay. That was my next question. If you have to predict right now after just the premiere, who's going to win it? Who is it, and how? just how confident are you in that prediction? I'm 100% confident, because there are three things I know how to predict in life. Horse racing, the Super Bowl, and the Bachelor. Okay? So, oh my yeah. gosh, that's sure. perfect. Um, <laughs> sure, I dare you. Um, okay, so her name's Vanessa. She's from Montreal, Quebec, Canada. All right. She speaks three languages, English being one of them, so we're all good there. Um, the other one is French, naturally, and then Italian, which you think, Montreal, how do you do that? She's Italian, which means she knows how to cook. And then 
you're like, well, tell me about her personality. Is she a nice person? She's probably as nice as they come. She's a special education teacher. All right. That's cool. So No one's like, ooh, special education teacher. What a horrible person. Yeah. And so she's very nice. You know, you watch her talk to Nick. She's confident but not cocky. Mm-hmm. She doesn't cross crazy at all, which she won't because she's the winner, and the winner is never crazy. So I guarantee you right now, mark this down, write it down, put it on a blimp in the sky. Vanessa wins this season of The Bachelor. All right. I will take your word for that. I, I'm i sure I'll watch it at some point with you because you'll be watching it. Um, You're going to be your first guest. Okay. <laughs> All right. That that sounds exciting. Um, So this has been our Bachelor recap, and um, Bob is going to sign out from here, and then Ozzy will sign in. So, Bob, do you have any last words for the audience? Um. I have two recommendations, if that's okay. All right, go for it. All right, the first is a timeless classic, probably a top ten movie all time, coming out of 1996, like wildfire. You got Jerry Maguire. Mm-hmm. Absolutely recommend it. Dude, I love that movie. I was it's trying so to find good. it on Netflix, and I couldn't the other yeah. day. It's not there anymore. It was there a month ago, I promise you. Yeah. Um. So. Second recommendation is one of my favorite TV shows. I know you haven't seen it. Um, it comes back tonight, January 4th, at 10 o'clock on FXX. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. It comes back. So that's my other recommendation. They're all on Netflix, so go ahead and catch up. Obviously not by the premiere, but at some point, that's my recommendation. All right. Awesome. So, Bob, thanks for being on, and we'll be sure to be sending people to the YouTube channel to check out your continuing recaps of The Bachelor, because as you can tell, Bob is very excited and knows exactly what he's talking about. So, Bob, thanks for being on, and now we will move on to the rest of the show with Ozzy. What's up, guys? <laughs> How are you doing, Ozzy? I am feeling a little bit under the weather today. It's yeah. been a long week, as it usually is in my life, but I'm here. Sorry if I sound a little bit fuzzy, by the way. Yeah, and sorry if you hear like any sniffling or anything like that in the yeah, background. I just um, did the... Oh my gosh. <laughs> we'll try to keep... I'll do my best to keep it at a minimum um, from my end, but... Um, it is what it is at this point. All right. Well, there was we didn't have like this is a weird situation for us at this point. Um, we didn't have any m- new movies to talk about from this past weekend. Yeah, we were. Carlos, Carlos asked me, "Is like so when are you coming over?" I'm just like, "Dude, what are you even talking about?" So, <laughs> um, we came up with the idea of basically doing reviewing two movies that we always at least wanted to see or talk about or. Um, ask each other's opinion on on the show so that's mm-hmm. what we did so um the movies that we watched were 
uh, Southpaw, which I'd, I'd never seen, and then we also rewatched Civil War because I think we we saw that right before Screenfellow started, so we never yep. got the chance to really review it on the show. So we're gonna start with Southpaw. Um, Paul, sorry. <laughs> um, wait, before we get started, there was something that you also wanted to ask me about. And I think we might as well throw it in and uh, before we get started here. Okay. You wanted to talk about the update on my Walking Dead watching. Oh, yeah, man. All right. All right. So, for those of you who are just joining us now, Carlos has never watched The Walking Dead. Never. Until recently. He came down on break and he's watching The Walking Dead. So, man, how are you liking the show? Are you liking it so far? Is it living up to your expectations is it not and how is it how is that going um all right this is my experience if you follow me on twitter you know my experience with the first one basically because <clears throat> um at the end of the season i tweeted out what i thought um i think it starts off fantastic i really did love the first like four episodes i think okay um i, I people might say it's slow i i thought it worked really well um i really liked most of the characters um and the good just drama that they set up but the last two episodes were stupid <laughs> i did not like the last two episodes of season one what were the last two episodes again i'm sorry um, where, uh, i think episode five, five yeah, was when the there yeah, was we're gonna spoiler. try to evade, avoid as many spoilers as possible okay just, okay but they basically go to this place that they think there might be a cure okay all right saying? okay and, um, it, I don't know. I just did not like the character that is introduced there. I thought he was poorly written. Um, I didn't like how it ended because that was really dumb. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, I know this is a show. Okay. Don't give me crap for this, but I'm pretty sure that is not how that would work with a large explosion like that. Just saying. Okay. <laughs> and it really just was like, okay. Um, that was the first time I was like, it feels like I'm watching a comic book. Um, so, yeah, I thought the the end of season one was really stupid. Now, moving into season two, which is I'm on, like, episode seven, eight, or something like that. Mm -hmm. Maybe nine. I can't remember. Um, I'm pretty far into season two at this point, and I, I brought this up to you earlier. Mm -hmm. I have a problem with Shane's character at this point. Now, I have a problem with a few other characters just because I find them annoying, what um, characters do you find annoying? I know and Andrea, Andrea was is a character that we all found annoying. Okay, yeah. She is the one that most of all make like just frustrates me because she's just pointless and she's annoying. And also, um oh crap, I'm blanking on the wife's name. Um, Lori. Yes. I like her character, but I think her character is repetitive. Like, we go through the same beats almost every episode of, like, oh, I don't want to live, I don't want to raise my kids like this, or, it's like, okay, we get it, now get over it, <laughs> we're over it, you need to get over it, and I think that just kind of goes over and over and over again for the past, like, four episodes, it feels like, um, so that's frustrating me. Now, as for Shane, um, I, you, when I told you my issues with the first thing that his character does... That is kind of, could be seen or really should be seen as dark. Um, I I said it comes out of nowhere. There's no build to it. It just kind of happens and it blindsided me. You said that it kind of it's the first indicator of like his development. And while I'm kind of seeing his development and his kind of descent now, 
Mm-hmm. I I still just I don't think that that works. I still think that it was just so out of left field, and it just can't, comes out of nowhere, and it's out of character. I think they needed to build to that moment. I don't think they earned it. That that's just my that's my opinion, obviously, and that's just my issue with his. Now I'm really liking his kind of character development now, mm-hmm. but I don't. I think we could have gotten here without him making that decision. In that one, that decision that I have a problem with. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so that's that. And then you asked me about Andrew Lincoln as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that's his name, right? Yeah. The guy who plays Rick. Yeah. Okay. Um, and just all the performances in general, I think they're overall pretty solid. And, um, I don't have anybody who I necessarily like dislike and don't think that they're good. I mean, the kid, eh, he could be better, but he, I mean, he's not bad. Yeah. Um, and Andrew Lincoln, let me tell you, because you said, when I first started watching the show, this is what Ozzy told me. He's like, I'm really frustrated that he has never gotten the recognition he deserves from, like, awards and things like that for the show. And I have to admit, and don't hate me for this, I have to admit, I sat there and thought, that's just an Ozzy thing. Like, because you were, because you have said something about Grant Gustin before, too, and I'm just like, eh, whatever. Which one, well, who? When, when we talked about Emmys, you were like, Grant Gustin needs to get recognition. And I was like, oh, come on. Um, but you said that about Andrew Lincoln. I was like, ah, probably not. And then it's, we started, I started watching it in the first four episodes. I was like, man, he might be right. This guy is good. Mm -hmm. Um, and, but then there's still kind of moments when he kind of just, I think, I think he's one note sometimes Mm -hmm. when he's just kind of like, he speaks at the same level and he just doesn't, there's not much variance kind of in his mood and i get that that's part of his character at times but there's also those moments where i'm like dang this guy's good and it's like i want to see more of that you know what i'm saying and you're gonna see more of that as as the show progresses really mm-hmm. um i'm not really um and it's going back to those three characters that you mentioned when it comes yeah. to andrea and laurie just those main two are you are you good with dale so far um yeah i don't hate him i I think he, I like him in the sense that he's kind of he knows everything without anybody telling him that. Okay, um, but I don't know. Yeah, but as much it's funny that you mentioned Andrea and um, Lori because those are arguably the least like characters on the show. Um, but um, for good reason. Right? Yeah, for, and for good reason. Um, I, I didn't even I didn't even like those two a mm-hmm. lot either when I first started. I'm just like, oh, come on, we need yeah. to. Either like grow up or just go out of the way. Yeah. Um, but it's funny they mentioned those two characters because you're you're at this point you're right where everybody else was. So mm-hmm. it's great to see that. Um, in terms of him getting an award, I don't think he deserves it yet in season two. I think once you get to like seasons three and up, that's when I'm just like, okay, this guy yeah. needs to like win at least like at least get nominated for something because. Mm-hmm. There are episodes in in those in those seasons where I'm just like, dang, like this yeah. guy is so good. Um, especially in that season seven premiere, he, he's really good. So, um, that's that's why I think he deserves it because you you do get him, you know, really uh, exploding more and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Because I think in season two he's still trying to figure things out. Yeah. Um. Another thing, do you, so, do you, overall, you like the show, 
Yes. Okay. I think it definitely is a little bit up and down at times, but it's very good. So. Okay. Okay. Last question. Do you, are you glad you watched it now? I, I can't answer that until I've watched all of it because I, like I said, like I've said before with the show, I don't think that I'm, I think the first two seasons or the first couple seasons are going to be good. I was expecting them to be good okay. because it gained that kind of viewership. It, like, it got to this, it got to the kind of level that it's at now in terms of people watching it, in terms of just respect for a reason. It didn't just happen, you know? Okay. So I, I was expecting it to be good. It's kind of, when did people that I trust and respect online start to drop off. That's when I'm interested. That's when I want to see, do I feel the same way, you know? Okay. All right. Makes sense. Makes sense. All right. So now let's actually get into what we were supposed to be talking about. Sorry, people. And also, I want to apologize if you're hearing any weird background noises. Um, there's like a bunch of things going on outside right now. So I'll do my best to cut it out. But if you still hear it, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but anyway, all right, let's get to our retro reviews. Well, not so retro because they're like from last year and two years ago. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. That's what it's called. So, all right, we'll start with Southpaw. Um, I have seen this movie before and it was one of my unpopular opinions in our first unpopular opinion segment, I believe, mm-hmm. that... Um, Southpaw is better than Creed, which came out in the same year. And we're going to get into a little bit of that discussion. A little bit. But those of you who are going to ask, okay, are you guys going to have a poll? No, we're not doing a poll. Reason is, is because we both know who's going to win. It's going to exactly. be Creed. Because Creed has the popular opinion. Creed has that following of the Rocky movies as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a more, it's just a, a, much, a much more popular film. And I, we both think that a lot of you guys mostly saw Creed and not South Paul. So we're not going to see, exactly. we're not going to do like a poll. But South Paul, I think South Paul is amazing. <laughs> so good. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal does a great job in this movie. I think he's fantastic. Man, I'm still, like, so frustrated. I mean, almost like, if you ever want the Academy to have, like, a makeup nomination to where they kind of make up for something, which, I don't know, like, you could have said that for Southpaw, too, um, but uh, he should have been nominated the year before for Nightcrawler. I still haven't seen the movie. I need to see it. Dude, he's so good in Nightcrawler. He should have been nominated for that. And then you'd think, okay, they didn't nominate for Nightcrawler, and he was very, very good in Southpaw, that he would get nominated last year, and he just didn't. And that just shows how important it is. I think timing is very important with these things. This was a summer movie, Southpaw, so he missed the boat there. And then also, I think he kind of got overshadowed by Creed and Michael B. Jordan, even though I'd contend that he was probably better, but... I don't know. Right, anyway. Um uh Jake yeah. or Michael B. Jordan. But I think uh What did you think of the movie? I think it was really like I said, I thought the movie was amazing. I thought I really, really did like the story. Mm-hmm. Um I thought the story was definitely in, in the feelsy uh movie. I there was times where I'm just like, God, I want to tear up right now. <laughs> but um because uh, it was it was just that emotional mm-hmm. and I think that they really build a relationship between Jake Gyllenhaal's character named uh, Billy Hope mm-hmm. and um, and his uh, wife played by Rachel McAdams as uh, Maureen. She was so good in that movie. She Rachel McAdams is doing great. Okay, we're not seeing her any more romantic movies like we did back 
in the day because she needed to stop doing that a while ago anyways but um she's just showing her in this movie she's really showing her full acting potential Mm -hmm. and i think she does a really great job in this movie Mm um i was so sad to see her go so quickly it's not a spoiler but Uh, yeah it's in the trailer we which which is stupid which is stupid yeah that the way they advertise it because they build their relationships so well you know what i'm saying but it took away from the effect that I already knew that she was going to, you know, um, die, mm-hmm. which is like a negative for me. Like, um, I wanted to feel that impact so much more, but it just didn't hit me as much as I thought it should. Mm-hmm. Um, as for like the daughter. Um, yeah, I know you had a problem with her, so. Yeah, she did. I didn't have a problem with the actress's performance. Okay. I just had a problem with. Um, her character and her character development because we see at the beginning that we, we really don't see any signs of her really we just see her as like a, like a little girl mm-hmm. there's no signs of her really maturing or anything mm-hmm. and then you know as soon as that it happens and she's in the foster care you know she's basically acting like an adult and to me that felt completely rushed um, if she was just, was she just cursed at her dad? And I'm just like, wait, what did that, where did that even come out? Like, where did that even come from? Um, and then where she was just slapping him and then, then two scenes later, they were perfectly fine. Um, it just felt rushed. Some things with her character, they felt out of place. Um, and yeah, that, that was my main thing with her character. I uh, see. I completely agree or disagree about the the daughter as like a whole. I think her character works perfectly um, because she almost she feels that responsibility. Like now, I have to take care of dad because her mom told her, and she literally says this in the movie that we take care of dad. Um, and then at, when the mom goes, she feels that responsibility. So she tries to act grown up, but it doesn't like she can't handle it because she's a child. Um, so I think it works. And then also it almost shows that she is more like her dad than she probably knows or is willing to admit because when she's like slapping him and saying things that she shouldn't be saying, it's her anger. It's, she has anger. She's just like her dad does. Um, so for me, that really works. And, um, Look, I think this movie, I've already said I think this movie is better than Creed. It was very close to making my top 10 of that year, of 2014. Um, yeah, and you think this movie is a lot better than Creed? 20, yeah, 2015. Um, I I think it's better than Creed, yes. A lot better than Creed? I wouldn't say a lot. It's decently better than Creed. I would not I would disagree with you there. I think South Paul is better than, I mean, no, no, sorry. I think Creed is better than South Paul, but not by a lot. And okay. reason is is um I don't know man I mean this it's just a there you know it's about a guy trying to prove his his worth in in a in in a world that his father helped him um basically help build and he's just trying to prove his way that he's not uh, his dad like he's someone who is he like he's trying to make his own way in the world and that's something that, mm-hmm. that's like a unique story and i think michael b jordan gave a great performance okay. I, i'm not gonna say he did better than jake gyllenhaal i think Je- i think jake gyllenhaal beats him when it comes to performance wise mm-hmm. um it's kind of like opposites uh pin off each yeah. other like i think my i think uh jake gyllenhaal did better than uh 
than uh, mm-hmm. Michael B. Jordan. But then again, I think Sylvester did Stallone did better than Forrest Whitaker when it came to like the coaches. Yeah. Okay. So they like they they balance off of each other. I think the stories are really close though. I mean, um, if if Creed beats it, to me, it only beats it just by a little bit. It's not a huge margin that it beats it mm-hmm. by, but it's just a little bit that okay. I'll give it to uh the, to this, Creed. This is my issue here. Um we need to decide right now, is this argument valid or not? What? Are we going to use the the story being a ripoff of the first one as an argument or not? Because if we are, then I will stop complaining about you saying that about no, no, I will stop complaining about you saying that about Force Awakens. But you can't. We, we then I get to say if that I'm about gonna, Creed. Wait, wait, wait. No, you get to say it about Creed. <laughs> I'm going to be 100 percent honest with you. I don't remember Rocky all that well. It's a it's a rip off of Creed, or Creed is a rip off of Rocky. It's the exact same thing. And I need, people, then, I need then I'll wa- I need to watch Rocky again, and I'm going to be because I, I don't want to. I need to watch yeah, Rocky again. I'm just but look, um, and which that, is, that's which what, is why if if that if that is the case, then I completely understand why you why you're going to go, go go ahead and say look, Southpaw is better than than Creed, which is why I'll the, give you the, that. that was honestly this is part of my frustration like real quick going back to this this is part of my frustration with people's discussion about the force awakens because everyone praised and loved creed right mm-hmm. and then they would use this argument for the force awakens like why why is nobody saying this about creed at all it's the exact same freaking thing it drove me insane it really did i was like you can't like there's a double standard here <laughs> i mean the only thing i could possibly give creed um is this the the situation yeah it's like a, a guy trying to find his way into the boxing world but um it's just michael b jordan's character is the love child of you know of um apollo creed yeah um i mean there's major things that are different but like again i need to see i need to see like there's major things that are different in the force way i'm just saying it's a very similar situation i said i'm gonna i need to i need to rewatch rocky in order to really say anything but for me not really remembering rocky and for me looking at creed as its own thing and Southpaw as, as its own thing, okay. I'm going to go ahead and say that Creed is just a little bit better than Southpaw. Okay, but then why can't we do that with The Force Awakens? Why can't we just separate it from the from A New Hope and look at it just as its own thing? That's what I'm saying. That's all I ask for people when we talk. Anyway, we're going on a rabbit trail. <laughs> You're trying to bring up that we're, debate we're, again. We're going on a rabbit trail. Um, all right. I'm going <laughs> to... So, man, I... I really do love this movie for personal reasons. Obviously, like yeah, I, yeah. Um, this is a movie that really hits ho- close to home for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really relate to, um, especially the daughter. I relate to the daughter a lot. Um, so that's definitely it was on. It was one of my favorites of 2015 by far. Like it was really high up there. I really did love this movie, um, and just it, I got frustrated when it didn't get because people would say, "Oh, it's just cliche." That's another argument people use, and I'm like, again, how is Southpaw cliche, but Creed is not. It's so, so like it drives me insane. Honestly, I don't mind if people think that Creed is better. It's just the arguments that people use against Southpaw that really get grind my gears. <laughs> it's like nobody has any valid arguments. So no, I mean, um, I don't know, man. I just I I enjoyed uh, Creed Creed more. I really liked uh, how we saw Sylvester Stallone really take on that. Um, which I liked about Force Awakens as well, like mm-hmm. I, how we saw like Han Solo take on the like, mentor a mentor, role. mentorship. Yeah. I really did like that as well about um, uh, as Sylvester Stallone too, because he's he's used to boxing. You see him 
um, really down on the on the dumps. Really, he's just you know working at his restaurant mm-hmm. and he quit boxing. He doesn't want to touch that sport again. Yeah. Um. So I really like I really liked it. I really liked Sylvester Stallone's arc as well. I think I think I think it's possibly even that arc that really saves Creed as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's that arc of really seeing him, um, at a low point because everybody that was close to him basically is either gone. Like his son's gone, doesn't live mm-hmm. doesn't live close to home, or, um, or they're dead. So I, that sounded so blunt. I'm so sorry, but, uh, <laughs> um, but I think that arc is prop is another thing that possibly saves that movie. Um, from at least for me, mm-hmm. for being better than than Creed is is his arc. I think that arc is really worked on well, mm-hmm. and I think it's really good. Yeah, like I, I, to be clear, I don't think. Creed is a bad movie on any level. I yeah, think, he's not. He's not a Creed hater, guys. Like, don't, don't go. Don't, I, don't I think it's him. a great movie, but I think Southpaw is better. Um, I just think the emotional points of this movie hits work to a level that Creed does not. It does just doesn't get there. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that the fights are probably better in Creed. Yeah, I'm gonna say that the fight, the fights, and like when it comes to like uh, the cinematography of the fights, I think the fights there are better like yeah when i saw the fights and uh created when, when every time they threw a punch i'm like oh i felt that yeah i felt that um to be honest i never was as in love with the fight scenes as everybody else that's one area where i was definitely like i don't understand why people are saying these are like the best fight scenes in cinema like i think they're good i just don't think like oh my like they didn't blow my mind um and i think the Southpaw ones were good. I just I don't know. So, but I do agree the Creed ones were better, just better shot. Okay. Um, performances wise, like I said, um, there's Jake Gyllenhaal, and then I think everybody else is um, the the supporting cast. Like you said, Rachel McAdams is great. The daughter is great. Um, Fifty Cent, eh, he's he's okay. Uh, you know. I will I will say this though: the last fight that they have in each movie, I feel that I was rooting more for. Um, Billy's character, and then Michael, yeah. and, uh, okay. and then that's the other character. That's yeah, because I mean, um, his wife, man, and you yeah. really, you really do feel that. I mean, yeah, you want, you want Creed, you want Creed to really find his own way in the world. You're sick and tired mm-hmm. of people, you know, making fun of him. But you know, I'm going for the guy that's. Yeah. But you see that he's basically lost everything. Yeah. So I'm gonna root for his character more. Yeah. The one argument I have heard against Southpaw that I kind of agree with, and that's the one th- like it's a, actually a decent negative, is they leave a lot of loose ends. There's a lot of loose ends in regards to what happens to his wife that they just never bring up and never really talk about. What do you mean what happens to his wife? Like, like who did it? You know, like that's never oh, yeah. discussed. Um, yeah. And it's just, it's really, like, there's a lot of points where I'm just like, we need some closure on this area, and we don't get it. Um, So that's definitely one thing that I can see, and that's a valid complaint that I have heard and that I agree with. Um, But anyway, do you have any final thoughts on this, or do you want to move on? Let's move on, man. All right, so let's move on to... Because how we did this was, I, I said, I picked out a movie, and then Ozzy picked out a movie. So this is a movie you picked out, just because... You know that I have only seen this movie once. Yeah, Carlos has only seen this movie once, and you know, as an honor of Marvel this year. I mean, this is, I mean, in terms of content, this is Marvel's biggest year. Mm-hmm. Um, he, they have three theoretical releases coming out. Um, Guardians coming out first. They're introducing Spider-Man into their universe. Um, oh, they're introducing Spider-Man into the universe, and um, they're concluding. 
the Thor trilogy here. They're concluding it with the third movie. On top of that, um, they are introducing Iron Fist, and they're going to have all these uh, characters come together for the Defenders Netflix show mm-hmm. as well. And then, you know, they got uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, premiering again in the fall. So this is a really huge year for Marvel mm-hmm. in terms of content. Um, so I wanted, so I, you know, since you only saw it once, I'm like, you know what? Let's just let's review this movie. Um, let's get our thoughts out there. Now, Carlos, Carlos, you started out this movie with an 8.7, and you said that you really enjoyed, you really loved this movie mm-hmm. the first time you saw it. So what are your thoughts after seeing it a second time? It does not hold up as well the second time. Okay. Um, I didn't, again. Let me clarify. I'm not saying this is a bad movie on any level because that's a conclusion. Like, there's like two gears for most people. It's like, oh my gosh, it was amazing, or oh, it sucked. No, there, there's a huge middle section here, <laughs> and I do still think this is a great movie. I just don't like when I first saw this movie. I might have seen this movie twice. I don't remember <laughs> when I first saw this movie. I was like considering giving it a nine. Like that's how much I love this movie, and that's how great I thought it was. There, are, I. <laughs> this is this is gonna make me sound like I hate the movie. I think it has a lot of the same issues as Batman versus Superman, but the movie is more, or the movie is better executed, so it kind of covers them up, and that's that's a good like it, it covers them up like that's not a, I'm not saying that in a negative way at all. It's that's good because it's well executed, but I think the narrative is a little messy with the the villain and his plan. It's kind of convoluted. Um, and then how everything comes together, I'm still a little fuzzy on like what the villain was trying to do and then how this person knew something about this person. And it's just, it, I don't think that it all me- meshes necessarily as cohesively as they want it to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, it's not like horrible. Like when I came out of Batman vs Superman, I was like, man, the narrative was a disaster. I don't think the narrative is a disaster. I just think that there is some places that it does not connect as well as it should and could have. Okay. Um, and then I, a lot of my negatives with the movie still stand. If you want to read my review of it, I have a written review on Letterboxd. Um, so go and check that out. But like I said, I just, I had more issues with the negative or the narrative the second time around. Okay. All right. Um, I loved this movie. This Mm -hmm. movie is probably my favorite superhero movie of all time. Um, Guardians Volume Two might challenge that, but as of late, it's this is my favorite superhero movie of all time. There are just lines in here that piss me <laughs> off, <laughs> um, that bring the movie down for me. Um, I think you mentioned one yesterday when um, Rhodey's War Machine just goes up to Cap and he's like, "Congratulations, Cap, you're a criminal." That was, so, was like, such a bad line. <laughs> I was like, "Dude." He, <laughs> just like, dude, he doesn't even prosecute or anything. Yeah, you don't need to say that. Why? Why do you need to say that? Yeah, it's it just was, so. I don't know. It felt out of place. Yeah. And then the one that pisses me off the most is Black Panthers. Okay, well, they're fighting. Winter Soldier and Black Panther are fighting, and then um, Winter Soldier tells Black Panther, "Hey, man, I didn't kill your dad." And then Black Panther goes, "Why did you run?" Now that pisses me off so much. I didn't notice in the movie until I watched it when I bought it. I'm just like, wait. You had the motivation to kill him. You like you told Black Widow you were gonna kill him. And then when people were shooting at this man to kill him, 
You were trying to kill him. So where in this space did he have to tell you, hey, man, and then kill your dad? Like, he was dull. He was going to try to run away like you were trying to kill him. Like, Yeah. But let me tell you, people. Asuka has been complaining about this line for a while now. Because <laughs> it, it's so frustrating. It's like a really dumb moment for a great movie. Yeah. Um, and another thing that really upsets me is the... Okay, Carlos and I have the problem with this moment with, with Tony Stark's... Um, this, this woman comes in and tells him, basically, hey, you killed my son. Now, we both don't like it for different reasons. Yes. I'm going to tell you why I don't like it. The actress who plays the mother is actually in Luke Cage. Now, for me, that would have been a great and cool way to bridge the Netflix, the Netflix shows with the cinematic universe. That, for me, could have made her villain on Luke Cage so much more interesting, so much more better because we could see that, you know, the, the, the repercussions of what Tony did you know affect other like affect others you know what i'm saying and i mm-hmm. think that would have been i think if you were going to kill um uh his the other villain uh i'm going to say ali's villain um and replace it with someone better i mean at least give the second villain great motivation and i feel and i feel like they failed to do that in luke cage when it came to her character because she plays a completely different character in Luke Cage, and I'm I was so disappointed to find out that find that out because that's just that small thing could have been a way to bridge the Netflix shows with the cinematic universe so much easier. Yeah, um, man, I I again, you can read the, my complaints here in my review, but I just I think those kind of scenes where that where the woman comes up to Iron Man and then the speech that Peggy's niece gives um, in front of Cap, they're just not necessary. I really don't think they're necessary. Um, I think it's kind of on the nose and it's just there to kind of, quote-unquote, push them over the edge, and I don't think they needed it. Um, again, you can read all that in review. But let's let's swing a little positive here. I mean, because this is still a great movie, and we've just been like... I, t- I was telling him, I was telling yesterday, when you see Captain America fighting Winter Soldier, it's just so cool seeing yeah. them fight. I mean... These guys are going toe-to-toe, and I love it. The action in this movie, it's... Uh, I, I don't know. We could have this discussion at some point, but I think this is the best action movie of the year. Definitely, I, man. Yeah. I mean, this is... The fights in this movie are so well done, so well choreographed, um, all the way down to, obviously, the one that everyone wants to talk about, which is the airport scene, which is brilliant. Um, a lot of... I think all these characters are very well realized, as flawed as the Iron Man side's logic is. In my opinion, um, I, I I think it works because I have met people like after the movie, after I saw the movie, someone literally came up to me and was like, it's cool how they made it Captain America clearly the villain. And I was like, what movie were you watching? <laughs> so um, it's just um, people see these sides differently. And that's the mark of a good movie when you're on different sides, when people can fall on different sides. And to me, I do not understand Iron Man's side at all. I just don't. Um, so, for me, the, that was a little annoying, but because I've seen other people side with Iron Man, I can't really fault it. It's just, that's well written, well written, good writing, that's what the word yeah. I'm looking for. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I do like the way this movie's written. I don't have a problem with most of the script, other than a few moments of dialogue when I'm just like, okay. Um, 
But yeah, I I do just I really think this is a great movie. And this is like the darkest version of Iron Man that we've seen. I don't and know. I think, he's pretty bad. It's uh, pretty dark in Iron Man three. Yeah, but I mean this one, this one he was he was aiming to kill the Winter Soldier here. Yeah, and that's he true. probably would have done towards it. the end. Yeah, you get, yeah. I mean yeah. he was. I think uh, Robert Downey Jr. does a great job, and there's something that I actually noticed in this movie that that I didn't notice before. He takes a lot of crap from different characters. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, they all really hate him in this movie, and he's just like, I'm just trying to do what I think is right, guys. Like, yeah. Um, so you can see that he takes a lot of crap, mm-hmm. that he's under a lot of stress, and that he's just trying to make the best of the situation, but mm-hmm. um, it's just getting worse and worse and worse, and you and you see it. You see it. It's, it's on his face. I think mm-hmm. he does. A, I think Robert Downey Jr. does a great job. I think Chris Evans does a great job as well as Captain America. Mm-hmm. Um, Sebastian Stan. I love him as Winter Soldier. I don't think there can be anybody else that plays him um, as well as he does. Mm-hmm. Um, the performances in this movie are overall great. Yes, um, Elizabeth Olsen is underrated. Continues to be underrated. She's so great. I love her. I love her. I think she's fantastic she's my, as Scarlet Witch. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. She's my favorite Avenger. <laughs> she really is. I do. I love her that character, and I think she plays it brilliantly. That's all. That's all I have to say about that. Um, but yeah, I, I like I said, great characters, um, great action, great cinematography. Honestly, like it's shot very well. Um, which the Russo brothers continue to impress with that. Um, I, we have a few issues here and there, and I do, like I said, it goes down a little bit, but it's not a lot. So that's just, I, I do really, we, I'm sad, I was a little sad that we didn't get to review it on the podcast, mm-hmm. but I'm glad we're talking about it now. Yeah, definitely, so, definitely, man. Um, do you have any final thoughts on it? Um, it's a great movie. Tom Holland is fantastic, and I can't wait to see yeah. him really take on his own movie in Spider-Man: Homecoming. Oh, definitely. I can. I'm, as much as I'm like not as pumped for the Spider-Man movie as everyone else seems to be, I can totally understand why everybody else is because he is so so great in Civil War. So great. Um, so I, I can totally see that. But um, you have any recommendations? My recommendation. What I, is actually going to be Southpaw. You guys need to watch that movie. It is an underrated boxing movie. I don't think it deserves a 61%. It's crazy to me that 61% of critics like that movie. It's ridiculous. I think that movie deserves a higher rating. Yeah. Than the, it's such an underrated movie. The performances in the movie are great. It's a great story mm-hmm. of a man really coming down to nothing and rising up. I mean, it's such a great story. The performances, like I said, are amazing. The soundtrack is pretty good for the most part. Um... Definitely check this movie out. Definitely. Alright. Um, my recommendation is going to shockingly. Shockingly, because I think this is was one of my unpopular opinions in our second unpopular opinion segment, is that I'm not a big Coen Brothers fan. I'm gonna recommend the Coen Brothers movie. Hail Caesar. Came out earlier this year. I love this movie. <laughs> um it would be on my it, I'm this is um, I'm a little sad that we did the favorites episode already because it would have been on my favorites list um i have updated on letterboxd it's on my favorites list now uh i think this movie is hilarious it's just it's the subject matter that makes me love it so much um because it's about kind of it's poking fun at classic hollywood and it's poking fun at um 
the old studio system and all, all these different kind of tropes of um, classic movies and all these tropes of just Hollywood and how Hollywood works um, and how studios work. And it just works so well in the period kind of humor where like... Um, George Clooney's character character gets abducted and is by yeah. communists, and <laughs> you're just like, this is amazing. Um, so I love all that. Now, not all the humor works. I'm not going to say this is like a brilliant movie or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be on my top ten best of 2016. It's <laughs> not. But uh, for me, I just I love this move movie because of its subject matter and its sense of humor in with that subject matter. You know? Yeah. Uh, so that's my recommendation. Hail Caesar! Check it out. The cast is amazing <laughs> the cast is so huge and it's um i saw it on a best ensemble list so somebody had it on there and i wouldn't disagree with that there's everyone like a lot of the stars in this movie aren't in aren't in it for very long i'd say the main star of the movie is um okay i'm blanking on the older guy's name but alden ehrenreich is actually a main star in this movie who is going to be playing young han solo so another reason to check this out is for alden ehrenreich because he is excellent in this movie okay. i was surprised he didn't get a nomination for uh, you know my feelings on the golden globes but since they split it into comedy and drama i think he easily could have been nominated for supporting in a comedy or no or they don't split that second one they don't split supporting so but either way i think he easily could have been nominated and i don't think he's getting any buzz but he probably should be in okay. my opinion all right man that's um, my recommendation <laughs> all right man definitely we'll check that out people carlos where can people find you on social media um you can find me on twitter and instagram at cheery456 and make sure you follow us all over social media at screenfellas facebook twitter instagram all that youtube we have a new youtube video out um it's breaking down a star wars um book it's star wars bloodline and jesse our star wars expert breaks it down in nine minutes and he kind of great gives a great explanation and Kind of summarize it all for you if you are too lazy or don't have time to read the book. Definitely, guys. Check us out on all those different pages, especially YouTube. YouTube, we have content coming out, you know, maybe maybe once, twice a week. Yeah, once or twice a week is what we aim for. So Definitely check that out, guys. Guys, we hope you enjoyed the show. Wait. I totally forgot to tell people where they can find me. exactly. (laughs) Sorry, guys. I am foggy right now but you can find me on twitter at castro ozzy and you can find me also on instagram at ozzy cray also guys check us out on youtube like he just said i mean we post stuff constantly we post try to post stuff every week and if you guys have any topics any questions any stuff like that that you guys want to ask me about email me at ozzy dot castro at screenfellas.com guys we hope you enjoyed the show please feel free to listen and subscribe on itunes google play or soundcloud please rate and review the podcast on itunes or google play also again check us out on youtube guys this is screenfellas fellas